0: There's just something about seeing something like really happening that I think helps everybody just breathe.
1: This podcast episode is part five in a six-part series focusing on social and emotional learning in schools. Our topic today is Managing Transitions Back to the Physical Classroom.
0: 17%. Tech
2: Talk for Teachers. You want to practice? Tech. Tech Talk for
3: Teachers.
2: The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning.
1: I'm Rena Clark.
3: I'm Paul Beckerman.
1: And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are
3: digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Education, Education is our passport to, to the, the future. future.
1: And our quote today is from Olympic gold medalist Kristen Armstrong. She says, Times of transition are strenuous, but I love them. They are an opportunity to purge, rethink priorities, and be intentional about new habits. We can make our new normal any way we want. That's just, I love that quote for so many reasons, but I think my favorite
2: line is the intentional about new habits habits. So when we are forced to make changes, it's not always a bad thing. We not only can, but have to reevaluate, assess, prioritize. So it can really cause some stress, but it can also be very exciting. Um, I know that my myself, I've had to reevaluate this, and even my own kids, change has forced us to reevaluate and prioritize work. So I think my latest example was... So the worst thing to do is writing. So it's always a fight, (laughs) but we kind of reevaluated our schedule and prioritized that. That's a bigger struggle that tends to ruin the day. So we've decided to make that first and we've now done that for two weeks and there's no more fighting or arguing anymore. He just does it and gets it done. And now we can move on with our day and not have to be stressed out.
3: (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Victories.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I, I like the the positive spin on it a little bit, too. It's kind of like flipping our mindset. You know, we can focus on the negative or we can focus on the positive. And it's easy to focus on the challenges, right? But what about those opportunities? You know, can we step back, take a minute and step back and see the incredible things like this year in COVID teaching? There have been incredible things that have happened. Can we look at those kinds of things and get excited about the future ahead of us because of that? Um, we actually surveyed our staff about things that they'll bring back to their face-to-face classroom from pandemic teaching. The list was really encouraging and impressive. I mean, everything from better contacts with parents to more intentionality about community building and mental health to really just a tremendous growth in technology skills and instructional strategies. I'm so excited where that's going to take us.
2: There's really just so many possibilities. I think that's a trend we're seeing across the nation.
3: Yeah. And they can all make us better. Mm -hmm. And one other thing that can make us better is our conversations with our good friend, Cherie, the Social and Emotional Learning Coordinator from Galveston, Texas. Welcome back, Cherie. Thank you. I'm ready to get going again. All right. Notice I called you our good friend and it's been, this is our fifth episode, but I feel like we've known you forever.
0: I know. You guys are family. (laughs)
3: Sweet. Well, our, in our conversation today, we're going to talk talk about um, transitions a little bit and, and getting back into the classroom. Now we know some schools have already transitioned back. uh, Some have not, and some are in the process of now, but eventually probably everybody's going to be back, you know, whether now or in the fall. So it's a, it's an important topic to think about and how can we manage those transitions and make that transition a healthy experience?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of cool because we've already gone back face to face. So I can kind of talk about the pros and cons um, of our transition and what we found to really be beneficial for not only our students, uh, but our families and our staff uh, and teachers, most importantly. And what we came up with is just once again, being very clear and going back to that quote you read, intentional, intentional. Um, on the transition and coming up with a task force to really think through what are some barriers, what are some hiccups we could come across. Um, And one of them that we found dealing with students is students were starting to have anxiety about the unknown of coming back to the school. What is it going to look like? What is it going to sound like? How are our principals going to keep us safe when they're so used to having like hundreds of kids in the hallways? And One of our student body actually came up with the idea of videotaping the day in the life of a student during transition. Mm -hmm. And so the media team came in did like a little mock run through of what the school will look like, what it will sound like, what new procedures have been put into place. And then they broadcasted that on our website and sent it out to families and students. So they had like this, you had this preconceived notion But then we had this video to really settle their nerves of, here's what's been put in place. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it sounds like. And it really decreased um, a lot of the student anxiety of coming back to Ball High, uh, which was pretty amazing. And that came from kids. That idea came straight from the students.
1: I bet that was really nice for the parents, too. I mean, the students find safety and reassurance in that, but I bet the families did as well. Yeah,
2: And I think we saw, we just recently are moving, transitioning back to in-person and the exact same thing. The anxiety of the unknown was probably the biggest issue. And I know several teachers were lucky. We live in a state, (laughs) different districts are all over the place, but they were able to actually go and have a conversation and visit another school that was transitioned to be. And once they saw that, their anxiety just diminished a lot because they could actually see it and see how it works. So the idea of doing a video and having that kid perspective, I think is a great idea.
0: There's just something about seeing something like really happening that I think helps everybody just breathe a little bit. And another thing that I would suggest doing is don't be in such a rush to bring everybody back in at one time but you should be thinking about this now and bring them in at waves. We brought them in at waves at a time. So one day, fifth grade came the next day, sixth grade came. So they each had a day of their own to navigate the new procedures. And then we brought everybody back.
2: Yeah. And then as parents, I know I'm going to say, I believe that you see saw, but actually I was so appreciative the first day my kids went back there teacher sent a video of like the kids and she even said brain breaks are so much better in person and there's this adorable video and, but and she also sent pictures out the night before of what every kid's desk looked like and it just decreased they were so excited to see their desk and as a parent who can't because we know like parents are not allowed really even on campus in the classroom at all and think of those kindergarten parents or so having a video seeing the kids like oh they're fine oh they're over there reading separated it decreased my anxiety and the kids were fine. I was the one that was a little stressed out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, really, most of the time it's not knowing that's so yeah. scary. It's like before you go into a haunted house, it's like, what's going to happen? What's going <laughs> to jump out at me? You know, I'm going to be just terrified. But if you knew what was going to jump out at you at every corner, you wouldn't be scared at all.
0: <laughs> the anticipation is taken away. And Rena, you brought up a good point about being a parent. Um, Parents are so used to being involved, being able to go in at least for lunches or come in for parent conferences. And now I drop my little man off and I have no idea what's going on in that building. And that's a huge level of trust. And we need to recognize that parents are trusting us a lot more this year than I think they have in the past, just for the mere fact that they can't come in anymore. Um, and so one thing that has been very helpful, I know for me as a parent and for others, is just that open line of communication, Zooming with your parents, sharing stories with your parents, going out there during dismissal to kind of make that face-to-face contact in any way you can, trying to make it um, different, but normal at the same time.
3: You know, we talked about this in one of the other episodes about the importance of routine and um, knowing what's coming, I'm thinking that we're ready for a little R&R, actually, routines and relationships. It's like that combination of the two. If we have routines where we can feel like we know what's coming, and that's, again, that we take away some of that uncertainty. And then if we have relationships so we know we can trust the people in that environment, what a great combination. Uh, one of our elementary schools just did serial dominoes, which I thought was just this cool community building thing where they did a food drive where they got a whole bunch of people to bring in cereal boxes of cereal and they stacked them up like dominoes all the way throughout the hall and it went like from the kindergarten wing all the way to the fifth grade wing and the kids would like chase it and they'd videotape it the community building around that and the excitement of those kids together it was it was spectacular
2: and they got to donate a bunch of
0: food on top yeah, of it. I know.
3: Social service on top of it.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. Um, there's a, When we think about just like community and involvement and how you're speaking of trust, um, I would also say to doing, we have started to do what's called community circles. Um, it's a restorative practice kind of thing. Um that's usually done with students. So we have done that with kiddos, but for the transition, we've also brought it in for adults. So our teachers once a, once a week have an opportunity to come in and be involved in a community circle where they get to talk about their concerns. They get to hear stories, they get to connect, share successes, but just have time to, to be real in our emotions. Um, And not try to hide them like we do in front of our kids so they don't feel our stressors. So that's been really beneficial um, for our teachers and they have truly appreciated the time just to talk about the fear of transition and what they're going through right now. And I think you bring a good point. I think
2: in yester times, as I'll call it, you know, we we had staff meetings and things, but people would show up early or stay late and be able to have those conversations. And I don't want to, sometimes it's offload or just get an opinion. And in these online platforms, it's silence. There's not that chance to just like communicate and collaborate. We're missing that. So to plan and give specific time for that specific kind of interaction is so important. And I have a few admin doing that, like a, a, they call it French, like fun lunch, (laughs) or like some other specific time that is around, similar to what you're saying, it could be community building, but also just a chance to collaborate and talk. And not just in your PLC, but in the larger building, because right now that's lost. It's usually more of a direct instruction model in a meeting, or maybe you get to go in a breakout room, but there isn't time for that. So be intentional about that
1: time. And I was thinking of the kids as you were describing that, how thirsty we are as adults to have that human connection and relationship building again. I think our students want the same thing. So to give them that space to do that, I think is so important.
3: I actually really liked one, one of my principals sent around to her staff. She said... You've probably seen students congregating a little more in the hallway than they normally do, but you need to give them a little grace. They haven't seen each other in a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really respecting the fact that they needed that connection and how important it was. That was cool.
2: Yeah, And I know we've had some schools put together virtual lunch bunches um, for kids to just connect on a social level. And it's not about academics at all.
0: <laughs> we've had it where they've gotten kids together to watch a common movie uh, virtually like a movie night, um, with a bunch of the kids and they just come in and they enjoy it and families enjoy it. Um, so really, yeah, going back to what you're saying that change is scary, but it can be so good. And if you have that growth mindset to be open to change and adapting, you can learn so much from it. So much from it. So
2: I, Lots of adapting and open minds as we go back to in-person or even knowing that there are kids now that are, there are some in-person, but then we also have these kids that are streaming online in a lot of situations simultaneously. And I know maybe you have some advice or others on you, like, how do we make sure that those kids are also included? Because I think that's really difficult when you have kids in-person and simultaneously having kids
1: online. Yeah, we definitely have that going on at our secondary level. And uh, it really goes back to that word intention, making sure that they feel part of the community, really using that live synchronous time for community building and connecting them maybe with a study buddy, partner, one who's virtual, one who's in class, and um, and about that connection. You know, what can be done asynchronously? Let that be done asynchronously, but that community building for that synchronous time. Because it's hard to be a part of a community where you can't hear everybody who's talking. You can't always see the faces of those who are talking. And that can make you feel more disconnected from the community than a part of it. I know, Paul, you've had that with conversations with teachers too.
3: Yeah. I mean, even even if everybody has their cameras on, they have masks on, you can't tell who's talking. If you're in the room, you can tell directionally, you know, who's talking. On camera, you have no idea.
2: The box doesn't light up like in Zoom. You don't I know, know. What it is. exactly. Exactly. The little,
3: <laughs> little sound <laughs> meter going.
2: Maybe you it need like is a Stick though. you could hold up like a signal. Like mm-hmm. I'm the one talking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, technology gives us some tools that we may have really struggled without, you know, we can do some of those survey tools. The yeah. kids at home can participate just like the kids in the classroom. All of their responses are aggregated in one spot. That is a great opportunity or collaborative documents. What an awesome opportunity that we have today versus if the pandemic, you know, happened 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had any of those options.
0: We've had a group of kiddos in the virtual world. Speaking of just kind of that connection piece, that have come together afterwards and done study groups, cool, um, virtually. And so, if I can't hear what the teacher is saying or others are talking, they've kind of grouped themselves together because they too feel disconnected from their home campus because they're technically they're labeled Ball High, but they're in a virtual world. So then there's that transition and that disconnect um, that's happening as well. So just making sure that they're a part of everything going on.
3: Kids are problem solvers. They will find a way to connect.
0: They are amazing.
3: You know what? I was just going to say, you know what time it is, Rena?
0: Tool time? That's
2: it. So, Sheree, you've given us a lot of good ideas, and so, Pam and Paul, you as well. But we want to continue to add to that SEL toolkit. So, thinking of today's topic about transitioning back into schools and the continued change into that physical classroom, what are some things we can add to our SEL toolkit?
0: Uh, So, I would say, one, for both parents, teachers, students, all of them in this transition period, um, is to have strong lines of communication. And ask questions. No question is a stupid question. There's somebody out there who also has that same fear. So put it out there and it might be something we didn't think about. Bring up barriers. Um, So just communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, Another thing I would do is during transition, you'll also see a decrease in motivation. Uh, Motivation from teachers, lack of motivation from students and no fault of their own. It's just a lot happening And so we've incorporated what we call motivational Mondays, um, which are 20-minute lessons that are intentionally taught every Monday to build resilience and motivation, not only within our students, but within our staff as well. And even parents have engaged in those virtually um, and see the benefits of those as well. So I would say those two, and then once again, that circle piece, providing the platform for people to talk about what is stressing them out with a specific focus on transition. Transition is hard. Change is hard. And we have to be able to talk about it and adapt to it. And just having that growth mindset that you spoke about in the quote.
3: You've piqued my interest now. What like what kinds of things are they doing on Motivational Mondays? Because I might need a batch of that. <laughs>
0: and I'm like, can I join? I would love to share the motivational lessons with you guys, for sure. Um, so one of our SEL specialists, Ms. Hopkins, who I love and adore, actually creates these in their little inspirational videos that she finds on YouTube. And then from those videos, she chunks it out to like three minutes and comes up with questions that engage students around the reflection and what they see in that video. So some of them are overcoming challenges. Some of them are um, building up resilience. Some of them are little cartoons. And so it gives a focus and a purpose, but around the conversation of our SEL competencies. Um, It's all about motivating, motivating kids and getting them to do their work. That's cool. Getting them to want to come to school.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Nice. Because we are seeing that. It is a motivation thing. And I think, like you said, even as adults, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because we're tired, but we still have a bit of a stretch to go. I love that. Yeah.
3: Very cool. Well, now it is time for.
1: It's time for that one thing.
3: Pam, what's your, what's your one takeaway today? Mm, I was thinking
1: about the R&R, not rest and relaxation, although that sounds good too. <laughs> but I was thinking about that relationships and routines part. And I think about how at the beginning of a normal school year, we do that, right? And that word intention, we need to take a pause and be intentional about establishing, reestablishing routines and relationships as we make these shifts.
2: Well, Pam still am I again. Uh-oh. It's okay. No, I love the R&R. Um. And I'll just reiterate that. But also the intentionality, I think, is so important. Um, And if I had to do something different, I think the idea of kind of relieving some anxiety by being able to show what it will feel like or look like and not just tell, because I don't think tell is very helpful sometimes. And if that can help alleviate anxiety, then let's do it.
3: Nice. Nice. And other than the Motivational Monday, which I'm still kind of intrigued by more of that, I might need a few so, episodes. <laughs> so, but um, other than that, I really like the idea of the um, restorative circle practices with the staff, because we do forget about that sometimes. You know, I think, oh, we're adults, we can handle it. But we also need that support and that opportunity. So I really like that idea.
0: And think about it. We do it with admin, too. The administrators need it. Yeah. Yeah, they do.
3: Do you have a one thing, Cherie?
0: Um, my one thing I loved, I got interrupted multiple times by my little one, um, but I did love that Your community. Your little one
3: thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, one thing, yeah. Um, I I was intrigued by the community and the serial domino because kids have asked to bring fun things back into campuses. We have lost the sense of fun because we're so scared and hesitant to come back together. And I think that is something you could do and still respect COVID. Um, so finding something fun to bring back into the world, bring back an education for sure.
1: The other thing I love about that is the opportunity for community service. Because when we give to others, I think that it really helps lift our spirits too. So, so many wins in that, that idea. Yeah. Nice.
3: And you know what's lifted my spirit? This conversation. <laughs> We're talking about you know this transition back, but I really enjoy the positivity in this room. And once again, we really want to thank our, our special guest, Cherie Spencer, for joining us today.
0: Thank you. It was nice having you guys, well, being here.
3: <laughs> As always, we, we appreciate your insights on this, this topic. And we want to remind our listeners that today was part five in our six-part series. So we have one more. Cherie will be back uh, next week for part six, and we'll talk about reassembling after loss. And in fact, I was just thinking, we'll we'll Sharia later.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab and go lessons, templates, and videos that will help bring remote learning to
1: life. We want to hear from you. So let's continue the conversation. Join us for the first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Central for a live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers. We will discuss your responses on future podcasts.
3: We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers.
2: And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do.
3: You make a difference.